I'm Heidi Harris. Welcome to the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do this three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can find them at iTunes, Heidi Harris Show, also on my Facebook page and Twitter feed and HeidiHarris.com. Don't forget to pick up my new book, Don't Pat Me on the Head, Blowbacks, Setbacks, and Comebacks in Vegas Radio. It's flying off the shelves at Amazon and flying out of my hands at book signing, so please pick up a copy. A lot of people are really liking it, and I do appreciate everybody's Great response. Also, you can catch the Heidi Harris Show live weekdays 9 to 10 a.m. on 670 a.m. KMZQ, talk you can trust. Very excited to be back on the local station and with a great, great lineup and great people. So it's a lot of fun. As I'm recording this on Thursday night, there were reports of a shooter or a man with a gun at the Boulevard Mall. Initially, we heard reports of an active shooter, shots fired, this and that. People were tweeting, oh, my sister was working there and there were shots fired and this and that. We don't really know. What we do know, the latest is that Metro Police evacuated the mall because there was some kind of report of a guy with a long gun or something and a hood and whatnot. And, you know, the information will come out shortly. But Twitter, of course, went crazy. People posting all kinds of anti-gun things and whatnot. So, of course, I tweaked people on Twitter, as I am wont to do, by saying, hey, listen, in that neighborhood, I wouldn't go to the mall without a gun. Ha, ha, ha. It was kind of a joke, but you know what? I'm the kind of person who will bring a gun, not everywhere I go, but a lot of times I will have a concealed weapon if I'm going to be in a public place. A lot of people are like that. They're just quiet about it. When they go to malls, movie theaters, other places like that, even ones that are gun-free zones, they feel more comfortable having a handgun. Now, clearly I'm not tactically trained, and in a situation like that where there was an active shooter, I don't know how much I could ever accomplish, but if I had a gun, I would certainly hope that I could at the very least slow somebody down. Or let's say you were in a movie theater and somebody started shooting and you fired into the ceiling, you know, from behind one of the chairs as you were hiding. At least the guy would know there was somebody else in the movie theater with a gun and might run, right? If nothing else, somebody else with a gun is a deterrent more often than not. It's not like you're going to take somebody out who's an active shooter unless you're tactically trained. It's probably not going to happen. But You can, at the very least, not sit there like a victim huddling behind something, waiting for him to come to your classroom or whatever it might be, right? So that was all I was referring to. Then I had people accusing me of being racist. I didn't say anything about race. I used to live in that neighborhood. I used to live two blocks away from the Boulevard Mall many, many years ago, but I did. And even then, it wasn't that safe at night, trust me. I wouldn't have been wandering around by myself. It was always a questionable area. Now, that doesn't mean everybody in that neighborhood is questionable, There are plenty of very nice people who work very hard, who are not wealthy, who live in that neighborhood. And there's some pretty wealthy ones who live not too far away in the Las Vegas Country Club. But it's amazing how many people immediately attacked me on Twitter and said, oh, look how heartless she is. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe she said that. It was kind of a joke, you know, tongue in cheek. But still, bottom line, most active shooters are white. So when somebody said, well, why would you bring a gun to that mall? Because you were afraid of people of color? Really? Who mentioned people of color? I didn't. They did. Most active shooters, as we all know statistically, are white people. So you're more likely to be shot by a white guy in a mass shooting at any mall, whether it's the Boulevard Mall or downtown Summerlin or any place else. That's just reality. But people immediately assume that when you're talking about a neighborhood not being great, you're talking about the color of the people in the neighborhood. And that is not true. That's not at all what I was thinking. 
It's just been a rundown neighborhood for a while. That's why most of the major retailers have left the mall. Dillard's and I think Macy's is gone from there. And they just left because they couldn't make money because the demographic had changed. And partly it's related to race because there are a lot of people of color who've moved in. But it's not just the demographic color-wise. It's also the demographic money-wise. I mean, I've been to the Boulevard Mall millions of times. When I was a kid, we went there all the time. And now they've made some changes and they have things like a fish aquarium, you know, to attract younger people because the demographics of the neighborhood have changed. And so the mall has changed with it. That doesn't mean it's an unsafe place to, to be or live, but a lot of people will carry concealed weapons into public places because they know that those are target-rich environments if you're a whack job. So everybody jumps to amazing conclusions when something like this happens, and obviously it does nobody any good. And that's the whole point. And of course, I had, you know, the liberals coming after me again and, you know, the usual stuff. I can take it. You know, you can dish it out all day long on Twitter, and I can handle it. If I couldn't handle it, I wouldn't be on Twitter. But it is a sewer to a large extent, and I know that Twitter is going to be cracking down supposedly on conversations that detract from the issue. I'm not sure how they're going to define that. We'll see. Should be interesting. But certainly when somebody's calling you names or jumping to conclusions or whatnot, it, it's kind of rude. And especially when somebody who doesn't even follow you then jumps in there like a troll and starts making comments and attacking you when they don't even know. I mean, I can't respond to every single troll on Twitter and say, I used to live in that neighborhood. I know the neighborhood. And then people will, you know, see your tweet and then half an hour later they'll say, I can't believe you said that. You've never been to that neighborhood. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. I live there. Did I mention that, that I lived there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly right. That's the way Twitter is. Twitter ought to be called kneejerk.com is really what it ought to be called because that's what you get on Twitter. I make a joke. I'm kind of tongue in cheek. I'm not taking back what I said, by the way, nor did I delete my tweet at all. But the point is it ought to be called kneejerk.com. That would be a heck of a lot more accurate. If you want to talk about race, though, let's talk about it. Tu Ray, a black columnist, author, and TV host, had a column the other day where he talked about the fact that he's afraid of white people. And here's the title of it. When calling 911 makes the emergency. And he says, the ability to call in armed guards in an attempt to police black behavior is a form and direct expression of white power and privilege in America. No, I'm not going to read you his column. But he does make some really good points. One of the points he made was he said, I'm scared of you white people. He said, almost all of you have a superpower that I'm in fear of. You have the power to call the police and be automatically believed. He said, even if I'm in a suit, whiteness gets the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to tell you something. You can argue with him all day long if you want to, but I think he's right. There are many, many occasions where he's been, those kind of situations have been proven to be right. Now, he brought up Starbucks and whatnot. I'm not going to talk about Starbucks because to my knowledge, the people were sitting there not buying anything and then wanting to use the bathroom. And as of a couple of weeks ago, at least, that was their policy. And that should be everybody's policy. You can't run a restaurant and allow a bunch of people to sit there who aren't buying anything and sit there all day long in your restaurant, your bar, your coffee shop, whatever, use the bathroom, you know, use the sink, whatever. It's not their home. It's not where they get to hang out all day long. You're there running a business. You need turnover of tables. And yes, I've sat in a Starbucks before and bought nothing and had a meeting with somebody. And even then, I feel guilty about it the few times I've done it. Why? Because Starbucks doesn't exist to give people free tables to sit there and have meetings during the middle of the day and pay for nothing. That's not their purpose. 
So I think too Ray's wrong when he mentions the Starbucks incident. He says, I believe every citizen has the right to engage a police when there's actual danger. And that's true. And obviously there are reports that are incorrect. For example, there's a rapper by the name of T.I. I didn't know who he was, but there was a story this week that said that he was arrested for trying to get into his gated community. And at first I thought that's terrible. Apparently he didn't have the key or something. And then there were reports that he called his girlfriend and she told the guard that it was okay and they wouldn't let him in and they arrested him. Well, it turns out he was drunk and disorderly and his friends were there causing trouble. That's why he got arrested. But initially that's not what the news reported. They reported something entirely different. So when it's a legitimate story of police abuse, of course it should be reported. But when it's something that the press makes up crying wolf for no reason, no, that shouldn't happen. But back to what Torre said about fearing the white people calling police. He said he's got a new term for white power. He wants to reclaim the term. He said, I don't mean the kind of clannish stuff. He said, but to use law enforcement in a way to attempt to police black behavior, he calls that a form and direct expression of white power and privilege in America. Toure went on to say the ability to call in armed guards to remind someone that white privilege means being able to call the cops and be automatically believed and even lie and get away with it is an exercise in that power. Well, listen, I don't live in his world, so I can't say that what he's saying isn't true. That's not, you can't dismiss somebody automatically who lives in a different world than you do. And unfortunately we do when we're different colors in America. It's just the way it is. He goes on to say that most white people's experience of policing is entirely different from most black people's. He said, cops have repeatedly told me that policing in white areas is far different from policing in black areas. That may be true, but part of that is the fact that from the time they're little kids, they are taught that police are evil. When I was a little kid, I was taught that a police officer was a good person, and if I were in trouble, I could go to a police officer. If I were lost or something and I saw a police car, that was a person I could trust. Well, children in the black communities, in some cases, not all, well, many cases, are being taught from the time they're born that cops are evil, cops are jerks, cops are out to get them. How fair is that to the cops? Cops aren't always great, but they aren't always terrible. What do you expect a kid to do by the time he's 13 or 14 years old if from the time he's two years old, he's been told that cops are creeps and they're out to get him? It's just ridiculous and it's not fair. You don't want a cop to drive into a black neighborhood and think everybody in that neighborhood's out to get him, but those parents are telling their kids the opposite, telling their kids to hate cops automatically in most cases, not in all cases, but in a lot of cases, that's the truth. And it breaks my heart because that doesn't really further anybody's dialogue. And then you have people who won't teach their children, black or white, how to behave when you get pulled over by a cop. I've been pulled over many times. And the reason I've never been thrown over the hood of a car is because it's yes, sir, yes, ma'am. My hands are where they can see them. I put the light on in the inside of the car and I don't do anything unless I'm instructed. And I had a cop one time go crazy on me in Henderson of all places. I mean, screaming at me to the point where I literally had to hold my hands out the window because he was screaming at me like I had warrants or something like that. I have nothing. I have no record. But he was completely insane. So I took it upon myself to calm him down. So anybody could have a cop have a bad day, but if it's yes, sir, yes, ma'am, no, sir, no, ma'am, whatever, instead of everybody getting indignant, of all colors, by the way, and causing cops so many problems, you'd have a lot fewer of these episodes. But when you're raising your kids from the time they're two years old, whether you're black or white, to hate cops. And I used to have a white neighbor who hated cops, I found out, just hated them. And he hated them because of some incidents that had happened in his family that were his own fault. So he had an attitude about cops that they didn't deserve. It was totally wrong. 
That kind of thing happens. So if you've got an attitude about cops and you're not going to cooperate with them, your neighborhood's not going to be better, your life's not going to be better, and when anything goes down, you're more likely to become a victim if you're already assuming that cop's going to rough you up. In my case, with a cop that went crazy on me just because he had some ride-along chick in the car and was trying to show off, it could have gone very badly for me. This guy was like, Mr. Give me a reason. Anything I'd done, I swear I would have been thrown over the hood of the car. So I, of course, just went into panic mode and just quietly, calmly did whatever he said. Have you ever been arrested? No, sir. I mean, I literally had my hands hanging over the window of my car. I didn't do anything to arouse his suspicion, but he was just one of those crazy cops. I should have filed a report. I didn't at the time, and I regret doing that. Anyway, the point is, it can happen to anybody. Even if you've got a cop that's a racist and you're a black person, you know, if you sit there quietly, yes, sir, no, sir, the chances of anything going bad for you are much slimmer, especially when most of them are wearing body cameras nowadays. And if you're a white person and you've got an attitude about cops or whatever, same thing. Sit there quietly. I guarantee that the odds of you getting killed are much slimmer, like I say, with body cameras and just yes sir, no sir. But we have a whole society of people who has no respect for anyone to begin with. And then when they get pulled over, when they're speeding or doing something, most of the time when cops pull you over, it's because you're doing something you shouldn't be. Everybody gets indignant. Why'd you pull me over? Don't you have anything better to do? I mean, how would you like to deal with that all day long? And I know cops volunteer for this, but it gets old after a while when so many people are out to get you. And I've done ride-alongs with lots of cops, and they say, you know, sometimes it's grinding because you're not exactly delivering flowers. Usually you're either pulling them over because they're speeding, you're investigating a traffic accident where somebody's gotten screwed, you're going to a burglary where somebody's upset, a domestic violence call where somebody's upset. That's just a life of a cop. And you expect them to be perfect all the time? Yes, we expect them to treat everybody fairly. The cops I know do exactly that. But if everybody has a better attitude about it and we all try to meet in the middle, wouldn't it be a better world? And wouldn't it be better for everybody's community, especially the black community? If you've got a community that will not talk to the police when crimes occur, how many more people are going to be victimized? And I've been in neighborhoods like that where nobody wants to speak up. I will. I will speak up. I remember years ago, I was probably 22 or 23 years old. I heard some guys one night making some noise down below my window. I looked and I watched them break into somebody's car and steal his stereo. So I kind of hid in the corner and I called in the license plate as they took off. So when the guy came out half an hour later and discovered his stereo had been stolen, guess what? The cops had already pulled over and had the burglar in handcuffs. There you go. Because I took some action and decided to try to make my neighborhood a better place that made that guy's life better. He got a stereo back, whatnot. I don't know whatever happened with the case. I just called it in and clearly they caught the guys with the merchandise. But the point is, if nobody wants to get involved, nobody trusts the cops, nobody wants to call, everybody thinks they're all out to get them, what kind of society are we going to live in? And it seems to have been getting worse. Now, it seems to be slightly better with Donald Trump in office because at least Donald Trump's not stoking the flames of anti-cop thinking. But still, it's out there. And we need to be fair. And people like Torre, I understand as a black man in America, his experience is very different than mine. I totally get it. And I am not for one second denigrating or trying to minimize the way he feels and the experiences he's had, because that wouldn't be fair. But I think we've got to come to a place where we can all agree and at least treat each other with respect and not expect the worst from each other every minute of the day. How about that? Wouldn't that be great for a start? I think so.
I'm Heidi Harris. Remember, you can get my brand new book, Don't Pat Me on the Head, Blowbacks, Setbacks, and Comebacks in Vegas Radio. It's available at Amazon.com. You can also pick up a copy at my website, HeidiHarris.com. The link is there for the book. You can join me weekday mornings, 9 to 10 a.m., live in Las Vegas, 6.70 a.m., KMZQ. Having a lot of fun with this new show. I hope you are joining me for it. And also sign up for my free newsletter at HeidiHarris.com. I'll keep you updated on book signings and other events that we're doing. Until we meet again, remember, no matter what color you are, you are created for a purpose. Here's Tony Scottwell.